0: welcome to the faith in maine podcast i'm katie clark your host we are sharing stories of life and faith and ministry across our 58 churches 18 summer chapels camp bishopswood three jubilee centers and ministries that make up the episcopal diocese of maine in this episode of the faith in maine podcast we focus on the sixth practice of the way of love which is to go cross boundaries, listen deeply, and live like Jesus. In this podcast, we talk about the concept of going in all its different meanings, going beyond your comfort zone, and going out into our communities, both here in Maine and abroad. We touch on listening deeply and how that is a practice that needs to be honed, especially with the many distractions we have in the modern world. Thank you for walking the way of love with us here on the Faith in Maine podcast. We hope you enjoy this interview with Bishop Brown.
1: In our journey on the way of love, we have discussed the practices to turn, learn, pray, worship, and bless. In this episode, we focus on go. Go as defined in the way of love, is crossing boundaries, listening deeply, and living like Jesus. As Jesus went to the highways and the byways, he sends us beyond our circles to comfort, to witness, to the love, justice, and truth of God with our lips and our lives. We go to listen with humility and to join God in healing a hurting world. We go to become beloved community. A people reconciled in love with God and one another. So when we think of go, there's a lot to unpack here. Crossing boundaries can mean a lot of different things. So let's dive into some of those pieces here. So in this episode, we again welcome Bishop Brown. Thank you for being here.
2: Glad to be here. Thank you, Katie.
1: So let's start with a question about crossing boundaries and going where you may not have gone before. And let's talk about friendship. Mm. Who is your most unlikely friend and how did that friendship start?
2: The friend that comes to mind is called Jacob and he is a butcher at a local grocery store here in Portland. And I was a customer uh, several months ago and Jacob has, is covered with tattoos. He, he stated to me that the reason he works is to save money so he can get more ink. And so the first thing you need to know about um, Jacob is that we're just very different. I don't have a tattoo and I can't imagine uh, covering my body in that way. And yet I know that there's something about Jacob that was very attractive to me. Um, because he was so himself he seemed so comfortable in his skin and so inviting of something more than thank you and I'd like you know a half a pound of bacon or whatever. Uh, Jacob is probably I'm guessing 20 years old so he's also a different generation from me and uh, Jacob was not born in the United States and Jacob was a big fan of President Trump. So these are some things that make him a kind of unlikely person to be my friend. Uh, I happened to ask him about how his day was going, and he responded and said it was going pretty well. And I said, I hope people are nice to you. And he proceeded to tell me stories about how people are generally very nice to him. And then I went back a second time. Uh, This was probably two weeks later, and Jacob was there. And then of all places, I ran into Jacob at the gas station, probably a month later. And it was next to a coffee shop on Forest Avenue. And he said, hey, do you want to have a cup of coffee? And I said, sure. And I had time and I did. Jacob and I have had coffee twice. And he has a heart and he's full of questions. So that's a story about someone who in some way is a recent unlikely friend.
0: So let's
1: continue along that vein and tell us about a time when you went beyond your comfort zone.
2: I remember being in seminary in the mid 1990s. I think I might've told various people this story before, but the fact is, is that I did not grow up in a place where there were any Jewish people. There was no sign of Judaism in any of my local communities. I knew about a little bit about Judaism because of being a Christian, but as you know, that's a really different view. So the idea of having neighbors or friends who were Jewish was utterly foreign to me, really until I got into seminary and had classmates at seminary who used to be Jewish or had neighbors who were Jewish. And the sort of going beyond the comfort zone was to accept an invitation as a 26 year old who had no experience with Judaism to accept an invitation to a family Seder. And I was really nervous. I was nervous that I would offend them, and I was nervous that my ignorance would show. And it was difficult to really feel comfortable, but I went and it was very powerful people who have been to a what i call a real jewish seder or a real seder uh, know that there's something very powerful to have someone invite a so-called outsider in so that was the other piece of going beyond the comfort zone it wasn't just about learning more about jews and judaism and this and the seder it was also about understanding that there was a way in which I could experience what it means uh, to welcome someone who might otherwise be labeled an
1: outsider. When people first think about the way of love and this, these practices for a Jesus centered life, and they get to go as a practice, often people immediately turn their minds to missionary work. You're going someplace else, you're going to be a missionary in a foreign land. Ra- they think of that first rather than doing the work right here at home. So let's first focus on that initial definition. So, Bishop, have you done mission work abroad and what was that experience like?
2: I have. I've spent quite a lot of time in uh, various uh, uh, context abroad uh, related to the Episcopal Church and related to some non-governmental organizations in developing countries. My first experience of going abroad and so-called missionary work was to Haiti. And my second was to Rwanda and South Africa and Namibia and Mozambique and Uganda and Burundi. And that trip to Africa uh, resulted in many more trips to Africa. I've been to Rwanda 11 times. And the church that I served outside of Boston had a great commitment to a school for girls and boys and a vocational training school in in around Tegucigalpa, Honduras. So Honduras, Haiti, parts of East Central and Southern Africa are places where I have joined others uh, going to these places, to use the word go, to share something of Uh, the common experience of being followers of Jesus and to offer some learning and to offer sometimes some teaching and to be transformed not so much by helping others, but by being connected with others who might be very different from us. And yet we discover in that very thing that we say is a difference often that it is such a common way to unite us.
1: Now let's focus on the practice of going in our own communities here in Maine. Again, going is crossing boundaries, listening deeply and living like Jesus. One of the recommendations for the practice of go is to identify a community or a culture that's unlike your own and learn about them either by attending an event, reading, or taking the initiative to learn more You might also take a prayerful walk through the neighborhood or a space shaped by a community or culture different from your own. Now, I know that this might be a loaded question because shortly after you arrived here in Maine, the pandemic hit. But I'll ask the question anyway. Are any of those things that I just mentioned, being in your own community, some things that you have practiced since moving to Maine? And if so, what did you discover?
2: Yeah, one of the things that I discovered and am discovering is just how diverse Maine is. And this isn't entirely surprising, but um, apropos of your question, it comes into relief as uh, I'm now on the road a lot more. Um, This is early August, 2021, and I've put almost um, 10,000 miles on the car in the last eight weeks. So that gives you some sense of my getting out there. And the diversity of Maine, both um, certainly geographically, topographically, when you think about the mountains in Western Maine and the uh, coast and down east, those are very different landscapes. But I'm speaking more about the diversity of um, people. Uh, I drive through Lewiston and um, see people who are from Somalia, or from other parts of the Middle East and Africa, uh, that it's not news to us, but it is a striking uh, sign that what we are reading about how the state of Maine is changing, I see that. And I also see a diversity in the way that people think both politically theologically the way they think about having an identity as part of being the in the state of maine these these are all things that attract me because what i discover is wherever i go uh, whether it's in a small town and a gas station or at a church there's something yet more to learn about the people who live in this great state
1: bishop what does the word evangelism mean to you in this modern day
2: Hmm. Well, in the modern day, I think evangelism means being willing to talk about one's faith and one's doubts and to explicitly speak about how Christian community or even the church um, have changed us. That evangelism is really about being willing to share something about what's true for us or not true for us when it comes to um, the topic uh, or the experience of God or the holy or the sacred or the person of Jesus Christ.
1: Think about going both here and abroad and your experience to date. In your opinion, where do you feel Jesus' absence the most keenly in the world?
2: Well, one thing I would say is that when I have been abroad in those places that I named, I consistently experienced people whose faith seemed much larger and much richer, which is to say that I experienced generally people who spoke about God or Jesus or the Holy Spirit. I've said on this podcast before, when we make God the subject of the sentence, it matters. And so, what I'm saying is, in parts outside of our context, yours and mine, I actually find Jesus' presence uh, to be very, very strong, which is in contrast to your question, which is really, where do I feel absence? I don't feel Jesus' absence very often. But I think what you mean by this question is, where is there a sense of need for the, for the spirit of Jesus to come? And the way I would answer that, where I sort of perceive some absence at times, is in us, those of us called to be part of the Episcopal Church, clergy and laity alike, that sometimes we are not ready or comfortable or willing to speak about the presence of Jesus inside of us. And so when that happens, Jesus then becomes absent. So I'm really interested in discovering ways that we can be more forward and more willing to share something about God and make God the subject of the sentences.
1: An open question, perhaps for future podcasts, is how we all can be better evangelists in this modern world.
2: Absolutely. And I think that just just asking these questions as you are and just being willing to talk about it even if it's even if it's a little uncomfortable. I think I think this question that you're asking me is something that we could ask all the people in Maine.
1: One of the things I love about the way of love and these different practices and this one about go is again, it's not specifying where you are going, but rather with the practice, it is saying crossing boundaries, which could be anywhere, living like Jesus, which could be any time during your daily life and listening deeply, which I think is really important. And we touched a little bit on this in the past, in the last episode, In what ways would you give guidance for all of us to listen more deeply to each other?
2: What I'm trying to practice right now is uh, when it comes to listening more is to calm or resist or turn down the temptation to find a way to connect uh, your story with mine, lest I leap in too quickly and end up talking more about my experience rather than saying, oh, tell me more about that. So if you were to say that you went bungee jumping instead of my saying, oh, I did too. Where did you go? Oh, I went to California. And then especially those of us who are extroverted and as you know, I am, sometimes the desire to connect with someone results in an unintended (laughs) self-centeredness. Um, And so what I'm trying to practice right now is to stay interested and curious about the person who is in front of me rather than to emphasize the whatever or the whenever that we had something in common.
1: I love that guidance of saying, tell me more, sitting back and just saying, tell me more is wonderful guidance. I think another piece of that too is the ability in a conversation to perhaps turn off distractions, put down our phones, things that are maybe vying for our attention to be really present for that conversation. Absolutely,
2: absolutely. You're so right.
1: That's hard to do in these modern days when we're trying to do 15 things at once, but I think really important for that listening deeply part. And that really ties into Our next episode, which will be our final episode on the way of love, which is all about the practice of rest, which is so important. And it's receiving the gift of God's grace, peace, and restoration, something important for all of us. So then we can go and listen and connect.
2: I can't wait for that. And I'm so glad for this time with you today.
0: Thank you for listening to the Faith in Maine podcast, brought to you by the Episcopal Diocese of Maine. If you like this podcast, please leave a review and rating on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. That helps us spread God's Word even further. Thank you.